Hi, everyone. It's Peter here. Peter's podcast on community development. It's a Tuesday afternoon in Mullaney, Jinnaburra, Australia. And I guess that means it's a very early Tuesday morning with you, Charlie, in London. Yeah. Thanks for getting out of bed early. <laughs> it's great. When you're my age, you get out of bed a lot. <laughs> yep. I get it. Being 55, I get it. I get up earlier and earlier, and I saw the beautiful dawn this morning here at 6 a.m. I am really delighted to be in our third conversation on this theme of professionalization of community development. And Charlie, I've already, as I just shared with you, I've talked to a couple of people who have really been enjoying listening to that historical dimension, uh, which is, I think, what I said I loved when I met you, um, your passion and, and your good understanding of histories. So I don't, just to remind people, like at the end of the previous conversation, we really got to the, the statement or the question where I was kind of like very curious about what are the dreams and aspirations to support this professionalization agenda globally, particularly by this actor, this organization, the International Association of Community Development. So really that's, that's our focus today. And um, I'm aware some of our listeners might not even know much about IACD and just so, I, you know, I'm keen. What, what is the dream and aspiration of the IACD? Over to you. Thank you, Peter. And I'm really sorry it's our third and final podcast because I've enjoyed it greatly. So maybe, maybe another time we'll be able to talk again. It's been a great yes. conversation. Thank you very much. And your podcasts are really brilliant. Um, so, yes, okay, dreams and aspirations. Let me just say, first of all, I'm not speaking on behalf of IECD. I've retired from the board, but I have been an active member for many, many years. Maybe I'll just uh, tell listeners a little bit about IECD. The new IACD, the IACD we know today, goes back to the late 1990s. Okay. And uh, although uh, if you look at the website, it will say we were founded in 1953. But uh, really going back to the late 1980s, I was working for the Community Development Foundation. I was its European director developing its European programs and I was running a big conference it was autumn 1989 pretty significant year in Europe Berlin you know, fall of the Berlin Wall and yep. sort of thing so about north south east west and I approached IACD uh, because I wanted them to run a session at the conference about the sort of international dimension of community development and I went over to see them I met with their president uh, I went to their office in Belgium. They'd moved over 20 years before from New York. And I was hugely unimpressed. It was the name on the door and it was little else. And I wasn't sure. I thought, well, I can't really judge this, this organization. But it said it spoke on behalf of the field at the United Nations, at the World Health Organization, UNESCO, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was the accredited voice for community development internationally at the UN. 
So I joined the board and I discovered it had an all male board. There were no uh, women, all white and all Belgians. <laughs> and what it had become, yeah, I know, I know. It had become, frankly, a moribund organization, but it was speaking on behalf of our field, claiming to speak on behalf of our field, attending these various consultations at the UN. So I thought, well, you know, we've got to change this. This, this can't go on now. I was also on the editorial board of the Community Development Journal. Been on that, I was on that for about 10 years. Uh, so I spoke to mates there. Uh, who were from all around the world, practitioners as well as academics, and said, look, we've got to take this organisation over or kill it off because we can't have it speaking on behalf of our field. It yeah. really is, is a moribund organisation. It also spoke a, a sort of colonial model of community development. The, the president wore a bow tie. It was a Belgian didn't have a particularly uh, you know, inspiring post-colonial or colonial history, I have to say. I'm not criticising Belgium. Well, I am. It's colonial policies. Anyway, zoom forward. Uh, we took it over. And we got it transit at the South African conference. Uh, it took us a few years to do that because boards very rarely meet and you've got to shift the balance on a board and all that. And I, by then, had moved to the National Community Education Agency as chief exec in, in, in Scotland. And uh, I had 40 staff and I said, look, we can take this place over and, and provide a secretariat for it. So we did that. We had a putsch at a conference on conflict resolution in South Africa. So rather appropriately. Yeah. And we spent the next couple of years building this thing up, saying, look, what do we want this organization to do for us? Uh, it needs to be far more transparent, far more diverse. It needs to speak to all of the different traditions of community development, you know, including the ones that we spoke about in, in podcast one, you know, Alinsky, Freire, all that sort of stuff. And uh, anyway, we did. We had a launch conference and we set up the new organization that we see today. And it is vibrant and it's been going 23 years and it's got a wonderful board from all over the world. So yeah. I hope the field will feel pleased uh, with that action. But it does sometimes tell you, as with any organizations, you know, they can atrophy. Yeah. And you, yeah. you have to be vigilant. You've got to keep getting new people on the board and you've got to have the experience on the board and you've got to be committed to diversity. Good work. So, I okay. did not know that. Fast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So sorry to give that little bit of history. And uh, obviously in the early years, I'm sure it did do some good things. But uh, anyway, I think we're talking about the new IACD. Yes. So if you can have neoliberals, neocons, we can have a neo-IACD, very much committed to social, environmental justice, human rights and the agenda. And support being an inclusive association. So it would be open for uh, trained professional practitioners, to scholars, to students, to activists, to managers, policy advisors. We would really embrace that. And we were very lucky. We had uh, the Carnegie Foundation. We had the agency that I'd worked for, the Scottish government, the city of Dundee, all putting money and support to mm. keep it going. Uh, so thanks. Thanks to our Scottish champions. They did a great job. Okay, looking forward. The whole issue of professionalization. Um, I retired from the board in uh, about 2004. Um, 
and uh, you know I'd been on it for a bit too long as well by then. And uh, anyway, I retired in 2012 and contacted ICD. So I've got some volunteer time on my hand. I'd like to get involved in any way. And they and anyway they said yes. Do you want to come on and be the treasurer? Because we're having some financial difficulties. So oops. Anyway, so anyway I joined it, and in fact they weren't. They were when you looked at the books, they were fine. They were just organizing a Glasgow conference, 2014, absolutely fantastic conference, uh, which, okay, listeners, it made money, but you need to do these things to keep a, a, an office going and the, the core yep. funding of it going. Uh, anyway, I got myself elected as president in 2014. So it was lovely for me to be able to come back uh, to a great board, a really great board. My predecessor, Ingrid Burkett, I think many of your listeners in Queensland will know. Yes. She'd been absolutely fantastic. Stuart Murdoch is the vice president. Randy yeah. Adams and others, really brilliant. Uh, so it was a great organization to come back into. And I obviously came back with a, a, an agenda and it was, in a way, this professionalization agenda or this greater professionalism, professional support. Frankly, in, in the early days, there was very little international networking. We were all probably reading the literature from different countries, but there was very little international net networking. And I felt it was really important that we were learning from each other and picking up ideas from each other. So we, uh, instead of running conferences every three years, which the previous ICD was in, we were running them once a year. Ingrid and Marge Mayer, who had introduced a magazine, Practice Insights, which was really, I think, rolling along steam doing some great stuff we had a great uh website and then the new zealanders uh, the new zealand association came up with the idea of a global community development exchange where we would deposit and share ideas between practitioners and students etc so it was all about a gift economy in a way people were contributing yeah. ideas and volunteering as a board uh, but i'll just wheel back a little bit if i may also, back in the late 1990s, the agency I worked for was responsible. One of its responsibilities, the Community Education Agency, was to valid professionally validate, endorse, and recognize courses of training in this field. And we, along with uh, a wider consortium, had created an organization called Paolo in honor of Paolo Freire. And we presented it to the civil servants. Uh, and they thought it was an acronym, some sort of LO, learning organization. And we wanted to be able to speak for the sector and to also speak for professional development in the sector. And the Labour government at the time was very keen on enhancing the skills of all sectors within the economy. And they'd also come in, the Blair Brown government here in the UK, very committed to international development. Anyway, so one of the jobs we had was doing labour market research you know, what are the issues? How many staff do you need at all sorts of levels? And national occupational standards. And we began the process of this competency base. What do you need to know? What values do you need? What skills do you need uh, uh, to, do, to do the job at different levels? And these standards started to take off across Britain, in Ireland, in South Africa, they were looking at it, Nigeria, other countries. And but the first were taking place there. And we made a present. I made a presentation on that at our New Zealand conference in Rotorua in 2001. We had a great turnout at that, that event. But I think there was a general feeling that the 
it's too early to have international summits. We'd only just set up this new organization and we needed to bond and get to know each other. And also the difference between the old organization is we wanted to have really good antennae to the field so that we would link with national networks mm. and only partner on conferences, things with national networks. We wouldn't parachute in. And we created, you know, our partner journal became the community development journal. So it was all about having a very good web of relationships yeah. uh, across the world and picking up on what they were all doing. Anyway, back in 2000, come up fast 2014, uh, I proposed uh, I think we should make a new statement on community development and maybe from that explore the issues of some sort of could there be common standards wherever you are working yeah surely these skills it's a common skill set or a common fact social justice isn't just a Irish thing or a Ugandan thing you know it's something we can a universal truth for environment uh, so we explored all that did an extensive consultation with members in the field uh, shared information on what different countries were doing around this and eventually came up with this statement, community development's a practice-based profession and an academic discipline concerned with the community, with the education organization, empowerment, uh, disadvantaged vulnerable communities, and then a whole range of issues. That we and, and, and this is outlined in the, it's outlined in the last few it, it's in the book. pages of it, It's your, in the book. Chapter, yeah, the standard. Yeah, right at the beginning of the book. Yeah, yeah and it's actually on the website. It's the yeah. sort of general statement out of ICD. So that was universally, well, it was endorsed by members at AGMs in Minnesota and then in Maynooth when we la launched our international standards on community development practice. And uh, so there's a big discussion about this, you know, is this the right thing to be doing? And we needed to ensure it was diverse, it was inclusive, it could speak to different ways. Anyway, this document has been extensively discussed and we had members approaching us saying we want to translate it. And it's now been translated into over a dozen languages. Yeah. From Swahili to Portuguese, you know, and, and way from Russian to, you know, where do you, uh, French. So this is the most widely translated and disseminated report that's ever come out of the association. So I think it was gaining traction and it was speaking to people. And I think it was speaking to people because it's simple. It's an easy document. It's a short document, an easy document to read. So anyway, that's what all that was about. And then we decided to go with the book, which would illuminate that by gathering together from 70 authors around the world, a whole range of uh, case studies of what this looked like in practice. And the framework of the book is also built around these competencies. Yeah. And uh, now where do we go from here? Which is your initial question, so it's a very long answer. Um, obviously the board of IECD have endorsed the, the book and been highly supportive throughout this process, the standards, the definition, the book, et cetera. Uh, Anna Clark, one of the co-editors of the book, and myself and Daniel Muir. Anna's now the current president. She's very, very committed to the whole agenda and is really driving it forward. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm very, uh, you know, you, I'm really thrilled to see that. And the board is behind it too. Uh, uh, and... Uh, in chapter 10 of the book, we outline a sort of a very brief agenda of the way forward. 
Well, it really goes back to some of the issues we were talking about in the other two podcasts, Peter. Yeah. Uh, you've got to build up the employer demand for professional training from the statutory and non-governmental sectors. You've got the national networks. The field itself has got to want that professional development support and continuing professional development and it's wanting to network, it's wanting its journals, all these things. Unless we stop agonizing and organizing, we will be marginalized. The neocon cutbacks have been huge in our field, mm. absolutely huge and very damaging to our field and people have lost confidence. But in some ways we've fallen into the trap because by saying as it's misinterpreted this Illich thing, well actually, let's get away from professional experts and we can do it all ourselves, you know, i.e. self-help, volunteering, all of that. So the state, any conservative state will say, well, why do we need these people? We don't need these development professionals. We'll just give a dollop of money to some community much, much cheaper and let them get on with it. Now, our view, surely after all these decades of working with disadvantaged and vulnerable communities means they do need technical support. They do need assistance. They do need money coming in other resources coming into yeah, they need they need facilitators of, yeah. of change. Yeah, yeah, they do. This isn't to be patronising at all. You know, there are brilliant local activists. Of course, there are, but they do need it. Middle class people, rich communities can pay for all of this. They need, but poor and vulnerable communities definitely need it. When we consider the SDG agenda or climate change, so. What we're saying in chapter 10 is we've really got to campaign together to re-engage governments and higher education institutes once again in investing in uh, the professional development and support of our field. That's a more diverse field, as I've said, in the IACD approaches that we talk about community development practitioners, so it's broader than just community workers. So we can start to speak to those faculties Mm. health, environment, cultural faculties, whatever they are in the universities, not just social work and youth and community work, the previous ones that we've obviously been engaged. Yeah, yeah. And I think increasingly in private sector spheres where there's also... Uh, definitely. So... Absolutely, definitely. Corporate social responsibility areas, all of that. So, Charlie, I, you know, we've, we're coming up to our 20 minutes, believe it or not. I think the... Just as a first response, I, I want to say thank you. Like to hear that history and, you know, acknowledge the work you and many others, you know, and you've mentioned some names and always we both know the risk of mentioning names because then you remember the ones you didn't mention. But that's, you know, all of those, like just the great work okay. to set up and get a functioning quality international association. And I feel deeply indebted. I've gone to some of those conferences in New Zealand, Maynus, and loved them very much. So I, I think we, we honour, you know, that work. And um, I guess the challenge for any international association is you're kind of trying to hold a centre, you know, like here we are with a set of definition, a set of standards that kind of can be big enough to hold the diversity, which is what I hear you grappling with. And Definitely. Um, you know what, when, and Definitely. just my final comment, when I, you know, when you, I was thinking this, today, you know, you call, you talk about 
professionalizing community development. My whole agenda is to help people realize community development is a practice. Like it has a set of orthodoxies and values. And to claim that you have a practice means that you have an architecture that supports the practice. Exactly. And that means workshops, journals, an association. And without the IACD, we would not have a recognised practice on the, the global sort of, you know, space. So, you know, I'm very grateful that we have a practice and you're trying to build standards that professionalise that practice in many ways. Um, so, yeah, thank you. I, I don't know what else to say. And, and you know, we, we, we don't want, we want our listeners to be able to arrive at work, turn off the podcast and feel like they got it all. But um, it's, I'm really looking forward when the next IACD conference comes together face to face. We're all, all disappointed that we can't get there this year because of this um, conflict war in Russia, Ukraine. So um, that's right. That's right. It'll be the second virtual one. Yeah. Uh, but I believe your part of the world may well be getting IACD <laughs> and the, you know, the bands and the marquees and all that coming to celebrate the next event in your part of the world. I hear, I hear. I'm not sure how official is. It might be Darwin, but let's let's. Oh my good, goodness gracious! I I cannot say if anything's official. I'm not able to no, speak on behalf of that. But, but let's hope so, because I know that the last one in Brisbane was absolutely superb, and uh, people loved it. And you know that's that's what an international body can do at its best: bring together people, learn from each other, support each other don't agonize, organize, and we are an empowering, we're a new type of profession. Let's reclaim the space, not be uptight about some of the language. But I agree, you know, it's a movement and it's a profession, it's all of those things, and, and it's a good one to be in. Yeah, and hold, holding let's that. Not, let's not, that's right. I, I've always believed that living practices hold polarities, you know, so, for example, you know, structure and flexibility. And I think, you know, community development as a movement, community development as a profession, how do you hold both of those? And I'm, I'm not going to agonise. I, I just want to say to our listeners, because a lot of our listeners feel very alone. You know, in a country like Australia, they're practising in some rural community. They don't really feel like they have any comrades. Maybe they can zoom in on a meeting here or there. But for people to realise they can be a member of an international association that is alive and responsive to them, like they can become a member and get information. Directly. Like I really urge, urge our listeners to join up. So I think that's yeah. a good way to finish. Thank you, Charlie, for the hour of voluntary free time over these three sessions um, and really um, enjoy London spring and, um, yeah, take care. You take care too and all, all the listeners. Let's all stick together. Thank you.